What happens if a conspiracy theory appears, but no one pays attention to it? And then we take a look at the story of a young woman and her husband out for a walk one night. She was hoping for a moonlight stroll underneath a sea of stars. Instead, she almost disappeared completely from our reality. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm back at home. My house-sitting duties have been fulfilled. And I'm also recording this episode and future episodes on a brand new laptop. So thank you so much for those of you who have financially supported the show. You've allowed me to invest into the show. The first 600 episodes were on my first laptop. I'm putting that in a museum. Actually, I'm going to use it to watch television. But after that, someday it'll be in the Dead Rabbit Radio Museum somewhere in Akron, Ohio. I don't know why it wouldn't be here, but it'll be there. It'll be in Akron, Ohio. That laptop where the first 600 episodes were recorded be on display, and you can take your kids there and take photos of it. Holographic photos, because it'll be in the future. And speaking of the future, the future of the show is supporters like Jenny West. Everyone give a round of applause to Jenny West as she's walking and throwing bayonets. Not bayonets. <laughs> that would be super dangerous. What are the things you... Batons. Batons. She was getting ready to throw a bunch of bayonets, but I corrected her. She's now throwing batons. Like an awesome marionette. Is that the person? Isn't that a puppet? Doesn't matter. Show's already getting off to a great start. Jenny West, put down those batons and those bayonets. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. That also really helps out a lot. Now, Jenny, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the reins to the hair hang glider. We're going to go for a little trip. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to sail the blue skies. Out to Hollywood, so everyone grab onto Jenny's ankles as she expertly pilots us to this story. Now, this story, I actually didn't plan on covering. Because, apparently, I know nothing about conspiracy theory. Apparently, I know nothing about, not only nothing about conspiracy theories, but how conspiracy theorists react to conspiracy theories. I always go, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've been researching all this stuff since I was 12. But apparently, I do not know what I'm talking about because a conspiracy theory popped off a couple weeks ago and I go, I'm not going to talk about it. It'll be super big news in the conspiracy theory circles. What's the point? I don't like covering mainstream stuff. No one is talking about this. And now I have to. Now it is obscure. And I'm kind of curious how many of you guys know what I'm about to talk about. So Jenny lands us in Hollywood, and it's a city of glamour and glitz. It's post-COVID, so everyone's walking around uh, doing Hollywood stuff. They're like, hey, I live in Hollywood. That's what everyone says all the time down there. We're walking around. You can tell we're tourists because we're not saying that. And we see this, like, restaurant. It's called The Long Pig. And we're, like, looking at each other. Like, that sounds delicious. I love, I love pigs. And if they're long, they're probably even better. They're probably even tasty, right? So we go in, there's like a bouncer at the door. He's like, hey, what's going on? He's like trying to chat us up. We're like, hey, we want to come into this place. Does this serve a lot of like pigs and stuff like that? And the bouncer's like, yeah, long pigs. And then um, he's practicing to be a stand-up comedian. It's actually Carrot Top's day job. He opens the door. Carrot Top leads us into the long pig. So I'll just get to the story. I'll just get to the story. Everyone's become incredibly impatient at this point, even Carrot Top. Here's the story. So, and if you don't know it, long pig is a slang term for human meat. Like cannibals use it, really edgy people use it. Um, edgy cannibals, which <laughs> is an oxymoron. But anyways, the point, that's where that joke was going. There's been this rumor or this story going around for about a week now 
that Army Hammer, Army Hammer is this uh, uh, actor? You hear the question mark in my voice? I've never seen him in anything. That doesn't mean he doesn't exist. I'm not, I'm not a newborn baby. If I don't see it, it doesn't exist. No, Army Hammer, has, he was in The Man from Uncle, and it, it didn't, I, I didn't see it. And then he was in The Lone Ranger, which nobody saw that. Nobody saw that. He's just this big, hunky actor. So the news has come out recently that he is, might be a cannibal. He might be a cannibal. <laughs> this one, you're thinking, how did I not know about this? Maybe you did know about this, but I'm going to break it down in a special way. We're going to make some stew. We're going to make some long pig stew out of this story. It came out in the general media, in the mainstream media, that Army Hammer, this famous actor, hesitant to use both of those terms, might be a cannibal. Actually, people are straight up accusing him of being a cannibal. Why are they accusing this Hollywood actor of being a cannibal? He was sending these DMs to random women. I don't think I think they were women he knew. I think it was women he had met. I don't think he was just sending out spam alerts. But here's some of the and you could say, Jason, these could be out of context. And you're you're right. They could be out of context. Let's take a look at some of these DMs he sent to women. Um, I want to bite pieces off of you. So, I mean, that could be, you know, uh, maybe he was DMing a chocolate bunny. That could also be like, you know, girls like to have their neck nibbled on. Yeah, maybe there's kind of wiggle room there. Um, <laughs> I want to eat you was one of these DMs. Again, that could easily be a euphemism for something else. How about I am... <laughs> he sent this to this woman. Allegedly, he's denying he sent these. But the evidence is starting to mount. Apparently, so he said, I want to bite pieces off you. He said, I want to eat you. He also said, I am 100% a cannibal. That is a direct quote from this account. I am 100% a cannibal. So that there you're kind of taking the wiggle room out of it. My favorite is he asked, very politely, he asked someone if he could chop their toe off to keep it in his pocket. So he'll always have a, a memento of them. The answer, the answer was no, if you're curious. If you ever see a Hollywood starlet walking around missing a toe, uh, the answer was no to that one. But here's the thing. So I thought it was super interesting. Um, I'm really into celebrity gossip. I don't talk about it on the show because it doesn't have a place on the show. But I grew up reading tabloids and People Magazine and National Enquirer and all that stuff. So I really enjoy reading or hearing Hollywood gossip. It's one of my, one of my hobbies. But this, this this is when the gossip actually allows me to talk about it. But even then, I thought, I don't, this is my first thing. I don't know if he's actually saying this stuff. Most of the time, I just go, it's probably fake. It's probably fake. The DMs kept coming out. He actually quit a movie he was supposed to do with Jennifer Lopez. Um, it's called, like, The Broom or uh, Vacuum Cleaner Man or something like that. It was named after some utility tool. I'll look it up later. I'll look it up later. Not like I have the internet right in front of me, but it's pointless. It doesn't matter what the name of the movie was. He quit because of this. And he's like, Dagnabbit, you guys. He's barely an 80-year-old man. Dagnabbit, I'm just trying to do this movie, and now I have to stay home with my children because I'm afraid one of you lunatics is going to come after them and eat them before I do. I mean, get them before I do. I mean, not even the before I do. I'm afraid one of you guys is going to get them. He's afraid that lunatics are going to go after him. Now, here's my thing. I'm floored. I almost said the F word there because I I am so floored that this story is not front page news across every conspiracy theory website right now. For decades, 
People have been talking about reptilians eating people, and they're the elite. And even without the reptilian angle, people have been talking about adrenochrome and the elite drinking the blood and eating the people and the spirit cooking and all of this stuff. And then the time that an actual... This guy's in real life, forget the acting, he's part of the Arm and Hammer Corporation. Even without the acting, he's like a billionaire or maybe a multi-millionaire. So we have a guy who comes from like old money, he's part of the elite, he's celebrated in the media, and he's eating people, he admits, he admits to wanting to eat people, nobody's talking about this. This is so bizarre. I left it, I left it alone, because I figured everyone's going to get a fill of this on the X-Board, or on Godlike Productions, or Above Top Secret, and I'm not saying that it's never talked about on there, I haven't seen it. I'm going to assume every time I shut off my browser, then people are magically talking about it. How are people not talking about this story? Here's the thing. I don't honestly believe he's a cannibal. However, if anyone was a cannibal, it would be rich, super rich people. Either super rich people or people who ran out of food. People in the middle class aren't like, you know what I want to do tonight, Debbie? What, Arnold? I want to eat somebody. It's either people who are so wealthy, they're bored with existence, or people who are so unwealthy, I think the term is poor, people who are so poor that they'll do anything to prolong their existence. That's the two, that's how I imagine cannibals to be. And then you, every so often you got a crazy serial killer running around. But I don't think this guy is super poor, and I don't think he's a serial I don't think he's a serial killer. Although one of his tweets, or DMs actually, it wasn't a tweet, he said, after he said, I'm 100% a cannibal, this is the rest of this, to put this in context, because I know you're wondering. Let me actually read the whole thing. It says, somebody said something. I don't know what the start of it says, so it's not really context, but here we go. It says, oh my God, that just made me so hard and it makes me confused as to why. Is that even possible? So hard. You love This is like a romance novel. So hard. Thinking of holding your heart in my hand and controlling when it beats. I am 100% a cannibal. I want to eat you. F-word. He actually says it, but <laughs> even though I'm going to talk about cannibals and holding people's hearts, I'm not going to cuss. F-word. That's scary to admit. I've never admitted that before. I've cut the heart out of a living animal before and eaten it while still warm. That's the full context of that DM. I, he might be a cannibal. He's probably not a cannibal. He might. People are now they're trying to spin it like maybe he just has a cannibal fetish and that's okay. I was talking to a friend of mine about this and he goes, cannibalism is probably just a fetish. It's not that bad. And I go, it's up there. Like if someone had to list the worst fetishes to have, it's in the top five. Right? Like it's not, let's not pretend it's like he likes feet. It's way, way to the top of the worst fetishes. And I'm not going to list them. I'm not going to list them, but... Why isn't this huge news in the conspiracy theory circles? I have a couple theories. We'll wrap it up like this. I don't want to go too long on about it because we got some crazy stuff to cover. <laughs> Crazier than this because it's actually, it's spooky, spooky stuff. But I think it's because the, the political stuff. Conspiracy theorists are focused so much on the political sphere right now. They're focused on Biden and Trump and three days of darkness, and ten days of darkness, and two more weeks, and the Great Reset, and eating bugs on a box, and all of that. All of that stuff that's based on the flimsiest of evidence. There's a photo going around of the Vatican with the lights shut off, and it was just a camera angle thing. There's multiple webcams. One of them showed the lights were still on. One of them showed the lights were off. Within like an hour or something like that. 
Conspiracy theory already popped up, and I want to give a shout-out to Josh, because he contacted me as well about this story. Apparently, the power was shut off at the Vatican. There's one photo. Power shut off at the Vatican. This is the story that develops. Navy SEALs go into the Vatican, arrest the Pope. Clone the Pope? They then clone him while they're there, like, don't move. He's like, oh, what are you guys doing to me? I'll never tell all the secrets of the Vatican. They're, the Navy SEALs are drinking from every cup. They're trying to find the Holy Chalice. They're like, ah, oh, it's not this one. The Pope, they tie him up. They clone him. They arrest the Pope. So the Pope that gave Sunday Mass the very next... The very next day, it was like eight hours later after the power supposedly went out, Navy SEALs crashed the place. They cloned the Pope. Because we can do that now. You didn't know that? You haven't been reading U.S. News and World Report? We can clone adults now. That conspiracy theory is still going around. Did you know Mike Pence? He's a clone, which that's the most ridiculous thing. We all know Mike Pence is from the future. But if you don't believe the truth... You, he was also, he's in a cell in Guantanamo Bay. And the Mike Pence you see now is a clone. So we can do that now. <laughs> There's a guy out there saying, I am 100% a cannibal. Who is who people normally assume with the elite, and they don't care about the little people, and they're into all this uh, eating people and all these horrible rituals. Nobody's talking about that. They're talking about it in People Magazine. They're talking about it on, like, New York Post, on, like, legitimate news websites. But everyone else is talking about clones running around. Which really, that would be Army Hammer's fantasy, right? Because <laughs> then he could just keep eating people and keep cloning them. He's like, oh, can I keep a toe in my pocket? He has 50 toes. He just keeps cutting them off the women and they grow back. That would be Army Hammer's dream. He's working towards a world where you could clone meat. The ultimate long pig is the one you can eat over and over again. Allegedly. Allegedly, Army Hammer, don't sue me. That went on a little bit longer than I thought. I just find it so fascinating. I th thought it would be big conspiracy news and we'd be talking about it for the next 20 years. See, there's proof reptilians exist. Army Hammer eats people, but no, no one's talking about it. Jenny West, I hope you have those bayonets ready now. We might need them to fight our way out of Long Pig, this restaurant Carrot Top. Oh, it's coming after us. He's throwing, he's throwing other patrons at us. Ah! Luckily, they're all skinny Hollywood types, so we're easily able to avoid them. We break out of Long Pig. Jenny, call in that carpenter copter. We are headed out to Russia. Before we get there, I want to give you guys a quick Dead Rabbit Recommends. I found this documentary the other day. It's, it's called The Wet House, and it's the story, I don't even know if it has a plot. It's more of just like, it's more of like a camera hovering around chaos. In Britain or in the UK, apparently, they have these hostels that you can spend $20 a week, which is a deal, right? $20 a week to live in a hostel. $20 a week. And the rest of everyone else there is a hardcore alcoholic. Now, I know you're thinking, what, Rodney Dangerfield having a party? Lampshade on his head? No. These people... You're like, Jason, I wasn't thinking that at all. Alcoholism is a serious disease. I wasn't thinking about your crazy 80s adventures. The Wet House is a documentary about these people. They get Social Security checks. They spend $20 a week on this hostel. The rest of the money they spend in alcohol and booze. And they drink so much alcohol. It's so heartbreaking. It's maybe only an hour and 15 minutes long. And it's just 20 alcoholics living in a house together. Again, it's not funny. Like It's not a cannibal house. You're like, oh, that's awesome. Is that like the movie Caddyshack? No, it's terrible. And you're watching the movie and you're like, oh, and you're hearing these people's stories of how they became that way, their origin stories. 
And you're like, oh my God, this is awful. Is that guy crying or does his eyes always look like that? You just don't know. And the movie's really rough to watch. And there are a couple parts that are funny. <laughs> it's not a comedy. But you're watching it and you're like, oh, you get to like some of them and other people you hate the second they show up on screen. And then you get to the part where there's a girl there. She's like 30-something. Everyone else is an alcoholic. She sniffs glue. And not I, I saw that in the description, so I imagine her with a little container of Elmer's and be like, ooh, you know. No, she's like pouring modeling like rubber cement or this heavy toxic glue into a bag and she sings a song blue bag blue bag help me escape from the pain my parents disowned me it's really tragic and then she goes and that's when it hits you like it's so weird because you see people drinking alcohol i've drank alcohol a lot of people drink alcohol i know it's a serious problem but when you watch someone pour glue into a bag it was rough, man. That's the whole movie was rough, but I remember that glue thing. I've never seen anyone do that before. I saw Charlie do it on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Thought it was hilarious. It's not when the woman's singing a song to her bag about how horrible her life is, but the blue bag will take away all of her pain. It was also filmed in 2001, so none of these people are alive anymore, which makes it even more tragic. Watch The Wet House. The Wet House. Jenny, Jenny's all sadly flying the helicopter. We're headed to Primorsky Sky Cray. That's in the Vladivostok region. People are shaking their heads. They're like, no, it's not. There's nothing by that name anywhere in Russia. But if it was the correct pronunciation, it would be in Vladivostok in Russia. It's October 8th, 1989. Go ahead and land that helicopter. We see a young couple walking down the street. It's 11 p.m. They're out enjoying the beautiful evening. Anna is the name of the wife, Anna L. And then her husband, we'll call him Jonesy. We don't have a name for him. They're walking home. Now on the sidewalk, there's a muddy puddle. And Anna steps into the puddle and immediately falls to the ground. Jonesy immediately is concerned about this. His loved one slipped in a bunch of mud. Who's going to get those stains out of that dress? Also, she may be hurt. But as he's asking, are you okay? Are you okay? As he's leaning down to help her, she begins screaming. Please, please don't take me. She's yelling at the top of her lungs. I'm not going to do that because, you know, you some of you guys are sleeping by now. He's watching his wife scream out, please don't take me. And she starts kind of spinning around in a circle on the ground. Not Three Stooges. Not whoop, 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 whoop. But you know what I mean? Like you can tell she's starting to move around in a circle. She's not just laying there flat. She's not just flailing her arms. It actually appears to Jonesy that someone is holding her limbs down. Now, right now, it's just him standing over her, but the way that her limbs are starting to stretch out as she's moving in a circle, looks like someone's trying to drag her in different directions. She says, please don't take me. She pleads out, quote, I do not want to fly away. Another quote, she says, leave me alone. Don't touch me. And Jonesy's looking at this, and he's thinking, my wife's having some sort of conniption fit, but what is she seeing? She keeps saying she's going to get taken away, don't take me, let go of me. What it looks like to him is something is holding her down. Now, he's trying to calm her and help her up at the same time, and he's like, honey, it's okay, we'll get you a new dress, I know the ground's super muddy. And when he grabs her to lift her up, she feels far heavier than she should, as if someone is holding her down. Now, she's screaming, she's writhing, people walking down the street. 
the only thing they can really make out is a man holding a woman down. Get away from me, get away from me, let go of me. And they see a man crouch down over her. So they think he is the perpetrator. They call in the local authorities, the cops show up. Get away from her, get away from her. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm here helping her. And they're like, from what? Like, she's just laying on the ground. You're the only person in the area. At that point, she just gets up. Anna gets up and goes, everything's fine. I just need to go home. So the police kind of look at each other. They look at Jonesy. He's just kind of shaking his head. He's like, I don't, I don't know anything either. But at least I'm not getting arrested by Russian police tonight. So they go back home. She doesn't really talk about what happened. He doesn't really seem to ask. Or if he did ask, she just kind of brushed it off. Because it's not until the next morning that we start to get some answers as to what happened. It's a really terrifying story. Next morning, she wakes up with a fever and she's just extremely depressed. Which I would be depressed if I woke up with a fever too. It's a horrible way to wake up. But she's talking to her husband. She's like, oh, I'm so depressed. (laughs) She's not a very good actor. Show, don't tell. But she's like, oh, I'm so depressed and I have a fever. And he's like, what happened last night? She goes... You want to know what's weird? I mean, a bunch of stuff. But the weirdest thing is, I don't remember walking home. I remember walking down the street, and then I just remembered waking up with this fever, being extremely depressed. And he goes, so you don't remember the walk home? And she's like, I don't. I just blanked on that. He goes, well, do you remember what happened when you fell down? She goes, yeah, unfortunately I do. That might be why I'm so depressed. She said, this is what happened. She's walking down the street with her husband. She gets to the puddle, and then the world goes black. She is now standing in an infinite, dark void. Before she can really get her bearings, and there are no bearings, you're basically outside of reality. She's in a pitch black void. She sees three tall beings show up. They were wearing silvery clothes. They were all about six and a half feet tall, which is fairly normal, actually, in paranormal encounters. They're either three feet tall or about six and a half feet tall. But she sees these three humanoids dressed in silvery clothes, and one of them looked like her husband. So she's standing there in the infinite darkness of nothing. There's three people standing next to her. One of them looks like her husband. It's then when she begins to hear a loud machine humming and she's looking around these three beings are getting closer and closer to her they're not saying anything the machine drones on and that's when they grab her arm and she begins yelling let go of me please don't take me I don't want to fly away And these figures are grabbing her arms, grabbing her legs, trying to carry her somewhere. Next thing she knows, she's waking up in bed with a fever. Very, very depressed. Extremely depressed, actually, is what was written in my notes. Not just very depressed. So she's sitting there on the bed, talking to her husband. And he tells her what he saw. She was walking, she stepped on the puddle, she slipped, she fell in the puddle. She begins saying these things, and she's just nodding because she remembers saying those things. Those were direct quotes that I was reading earlier. And then she just popped up, and they went home. And you could go, Jason, she had an epileptic fit, which would kind of make sense. She had an undetected mental disorder. Maybe she had like a miniature stroke. 
she saw herself like dying and she came back. All of these things, these medical things you can point towards. But to add another last twist to this story, when she fell into the puddle and was screaming and writhing around on the ground and then she pops back up and she goes home, nobody really noticed anything at the time. But the next morning when she was looking at the clothes she was wearing on that walk, they were perfectly clean. Not a single drop of water or mud appeared on her dress as she was rolling around in the puddle. It's almost like her physical body was taken out of reality. So much so that her clothes wouldn't become soiled in the accident. I'm not saying that's why the beans did it. They're like, oh, let's not mess up her skirt. Let's take her soul away to the darkness of the void, but let's leave those clothes clean. Whatever this experience was actually disrupted reality enough that she could roll around in a muddy puddle and not get dirty. That story was originally reported by the Vladivostok UFOlogical Association. That's a mouthful. That's what Army Hammer likes, a mouthful. And then I got it from thinkaboutitdocs.com, which again vets their stuff really well. A bizarre story that has all the hallmarks of things I find the most creepy, reality-defined physics, surrounded by multiple witnesses and bizarre phenomenon happening. Both of those things always kind of creep me out. You think there's safety in numbers. So she's walking down the street with her husband. She's whisked away to this void. Near-death experience was my first thing when I was reading this. The other one was some sort of epileptic fit because it's like shutting her brain off, parts of his brain off. But the fact that the clothes don't get dirty just takes it to a whole other level of reality warping. So the next time you're out with your loved ones and you're thinking about a scary movie you saw, or a chilling story you heard on Dead Rabbit Radio. We always have the tendency to feel comfortable sitting in a well-lit room next to our friends and family. Or you're in your house, and you think you heard something in the other room, but your trusty dog would always alert you if there was something truly hiding under the bed. Just remember that in those moments when we think we are safe, we aren't. If something wants you, it will get you. I've told that story time and time again on this show. You may think you can fight back. You may think you can outwit them. But if they can pluck you from this very reality any moment they want and take you to the infinite black void, what chance do we truly have in protecting ourselves against the overlords of the paranormal? In the end, we really are just long pigs on the dessert tray of reality. And those that want to eat us, will eat us the minute they get hungry. <laughs> deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. 